AMD has launched Ryzen 7000. NASA can't get us back to the moon today, and your PlayStation 5 is about to get a little lighter. Let's get into the hot news, everybody. I'm your Brett host. We're gonna be going over the hottest tech news that I can find on the internet while you enjoy your breakfast. And we're gonna start off with today's top story about how AMD has finally unveiled the Ryzen 7000 series CPUs. We have specs, we have pricing, and we have release dates, and then we'll have a discussion about whether or not you should be waiting for these chips. So so AMD came out with some big claims up front talking about how initially they discussed that they wanted to get 11% IPC uplift on their Zen 4 chips. And actually they're now at 13%. So you can rejoice at the increase there, but you're gonna be seeing a lot more performance increase than that all around thanks to the clock speed increases. So I won't belabor the point, but we'll look at the 7950X, 16 cores, 32 threads, up to 5.7 gigahertz boost, 170 watt TDP for 600 the 7900X is 12 cores, 24 threads, up to 5.6 gigahertz at 170 watt TDP, coming in at 549. The 7700X is gonna be eight cores, 16 threads, up to 5.4 gigahertz at 399. And the 7600X is gonna be six cores, 12 threads, up to 5.3 gigahertz at 299. All of them available on September 27th. No mention of anything lower than this. So here's the general thing that AMD wanted you to take away 13% IPC uplift up to 5.7 gigahertz max frequency, which is the 5950X and then 29% total single thread performance gain compared to the 5000 series of Ryzen processors. And you can see here in them comparing the 5950X to the 7950X, you can see up to 35% better gaming in games like Shadow of the Tomb Raider. There's only four games here, so it's not a lot to take, but AMD showing this regardless. And then in content creation, up to 48% faster in applications like V-Ray Render, 37% faster in Arnold Renderer, and then even having the gall to show the 7600X going to toe-to-toe -to -toe with the 12900K, Intel's top chip on their side. So a 16-core chip versus the 6-core chip, and they showed that on, on average, the 7600X is gonna be 5% faster in gaming. Except for this slide, which got put out to the media, is not the same slide that AMD showed us. This says 12% in F1, and I'm fairly confident that during the event, AMD actually said it was 11%, so they probably reduced that uh, when they gave their presentation, but AMD very confident in their processors, both for gaming as well as for content creation, again, showing the 7950X versus the 12900K and beating it in applications like V-Ray Benchmark. And then comparing the 7000 series to the 5000 series, the 7950X is gonna be $100 cheaper. The 7900X is the same price. The 7700X is actually the interesting one here because it's a hundred dollars more than the 5700X, but $50 less than the last Ryzen 7 launch, which was the 5800X. So it's cheaper, but also more expensive. And then the 7600X is actually the same price launch as the 5600X. But on top of the CPUs, we also got some details on the motherboard situation. We're going to be getting four different classes of motherboards at first, which is going to be the X670E and the X670, which are launching in September. And then the B650E and b 650, which are launching in October. AMD says that this new AIM5 platform will be supported until 2025 plus, whatever that means. That's realistically at least 28 months of support until 2025 actually happens, but all of them will have DDR5 as well as PCI Express 5.0 support. But the differentiation is that the Extreme Editions will have both PCI Express 5.0 storage as well as graphics, whereas the regular ones will have an either or scenario. It's not gonna be both 
hand. But one of the interesting things AMD talked about with their IPC uplift is with their new GeoMean way of understanding how they're getting IPC uplift, which is really intriguing. So they're showing how they understand how Zen 4 is 13% faster than Zen 3. And you can see in certain applications like CPU-Z single-threaded, it's only 1% faster. So the 5950X and the 7950X in that benchmark should be identical, allegedly at the same clock speeds. Fortnite's a 3% increase, Adobe Lightroom is 5%, and then you keep on going, you can see that there are massive upgrades being seen in games like Watchdog Legions, as well as in applications like W Prime. So AMD coming up with a new way of how they're gonna evaluate how they're better than themselves, and potentially the competition if they're gonna evaluate them that way. But they also announced some details as far as memory overclocking, in case you wanna get faster set up on those chips, they announced Expo technology, which you could think is akin to something like Intel's XMP or the DOCP that we currently have on Zen processors, but it's gonna be a one-click DDR5 overclocking for Ryzen processors. AMD's claiming up to 11% better gameplay at 1080p, lower latency, and better specs and all of that going with it, with 15 kits happening at launch in combination with a lot of the memory manufacturers like Adata, Corsair Guile, G-Skill, and Kingston, with DDR5 6400 kits being available at launch. So that's the processors in a nutshell. I want to run over a few other things that have come out and then we'll get into the discussion about whether or not it's worth it. Should you really be considering this? Is this a good thing for AMD? But AMD also showed off their graphics in the most hilarious and predictable AMD way that they possibly ever could. I called this before the event that they were going to combine their next gen GPU with the 7000 series CPUs, and they were gonna say, hey, look at this, look at it running together. This is how they were gonna show it off. They've done this before where they just say, look at this. And that's exactly what Dr. Lisa Sue did, but it was worse than I was expecting because number one, this is a public demo with a 7950X and an unnamed GPU. We have no idea which one it is. Number two, this is for a game that's not out yet. This is for The Lies of P, which is a Pinocchio game that's not out, nobody knows how it performs, what it needs to run, if it can run at 4K on a potato, we have no clue. Obviously, based on the graphics, it probably can't, but still not a lot of detail there. Number three, no frame rate indication given. Not a number mentioned, nothing on the screen. They just said, look at it. But then the best part, the most hilarious thing was Dr. Lisa Sue said, you can look at it. And then on the video, they just showed her face. They didn't even have this. This is as informative as you're gonna get. This, this is all the data you need. You didn't need to actually watch the video. They literally zoomed in on her and showed none of the gameplay when she said, wow, you can really just look at this and there was nothing to see. Hilarious AMD, well played. And then just some side AMD news, Noctuo released a thermal paste application recommendation for the upcoming AM5 processors and they're changing how they're doing it where they recommend you put a dot in the middle for them, whereas on the AM4 they recommended five dot method. So they're changing that because they don't want it squishing out into the new pattern of the CPU which is gonna cause it to squish out everywhere and then make a huge mess. So, 
that's the details. The GPU side of things was hilariously bad. It was not like they honestly probably shouldn't have even done it. It was that it was that ridiculous. But on the CPU side, this is going to be a tough generation to sell people on. Number one, it's only launching on September 27th and the rumors we're hearing behind the scenes and that is because AMD is having difficulty getting the BIOS sorted with these chips. It should have launched sooner and it got pushed back and AMD is known for having BIOS troubles with their Zen chips, even at the current generation. Zen 3 is not known to be a bugless experience. So that is a caveat you have to watch for when they're launching a brand new platform, brand new motherboards and a brand new setup. It's going to be potentially very buggy. Then number two, the price point on some of these chips is not as appealing as it could be. The 7600X at 299 is still a tough pill to swallow, just like the 5600X was. And with Intel potentially launching something like the 13400, which is going to have way more cores than this and be very close and single threaded at $100 less, Honestly, purchasing the 7600X doesn't make a ton of sense, especially considering the fact that you have to go all in on a new platform. 299 for the 7600X, AMD said for the new motherboards that they would start at 125 for the B650. So if you assume that you wanna get this in September, you're not waiting until October to get the B650, you're getting the X670, you're probably looking at 200 bucks for a motherboard. That's $500 right there. Then you have to get DDR5 RAM, which is already expensive. AMD's gonna perform better with the higher clock speed ones, that's gonna be very difficult to get it your hands on and be very pricey. You're looking at between six and $700 all in to go with the lowest end chip AMD is offering and you don't even know if it's gonna be a bugless experience. I think the 7600X is still the hardest sell that AMD is bringing here. They do not care as much about the low end as they used to and it's just, continuously being reflected in their pricing strategy of this. Something like the 7950X, however, with the clock speed up to 5.7 gigahertz, with the IPC increase, with that extra TDP at 699, that is looking like a great chip. And then you add into, like you need a 200, $250 motherboard, again, 200 bucks for RAM. You're looking to be in at about 1150, which, 1150 versus $700 for the 7600X, you're getting much more out of the 7950X. I think because this is a new platform, it really only makes a lot of sense on the higher end chips and the more lower end chips are just gonna have to wait until the 8000 series where AMD's worked out the kinks, DDR5 is cheaper and things are gonna be more accessible. I really like this generation in terms of its overall performance. AMD is doing great stuff with everything they're coming out with here. It's just because you have to go on a full upgrade spree in order to consider this, it makes it a harder pill to swallow on the 7600X, at least in my opinion. And then also seeing what Intel's coming out with in the pipeline with things like the 13400, 13500, that's gonna be the mid-tier sweet spot, in my opinion, based on what we're seeing now. It's not buying advice, it's just my anticipation. And then waiting for something like the 13900K at the high end, I'm not so sure I would do that, especially considering that it's gonna only be multi-core enhancements because it's gonna be 24 cores. The single thread, it looks like AMD is gonna be at least 
If it's not better, it's going to be super competitive and not even going to be a conversation worth having. I think that's why AMD dropped the price on the 7950X because they know that they're going to at least be very competitive at that top end. So they couldn't price it at 799 again. I think this is going to be a great generation, no matter which side you're on. Team Blue, Team Red. If you want a great CPU, you're going to be able to buy one. It's just going to be very costly to upgrade into this next generation. But that's my thoughts. Those are my opinions. I'm going to pass this off to you. What do you think of the Ryzen 7000 launch? Does this fulfill what you think? Are you happy? Are you ecstatic? Are you planning on upgrading? Have you been saving up for this launch because you knew you were going to have to spend a lot more money on the platform? Let me hear from you down below in the comments. And you're going to hear from me about today's video sponsor. And today's episode sponsor of Hot News is Pixio with their brand new ultra ride monitor. The PXC348C is an incredible monitor coming in at a price point of only $400 with a spec sheet that is also incredible. 34 inch, 3440 by 1440 resolution, 144 hertz, one millisecond mean pixel response response time, 65 watt power delivery via USB-C, and a 1500R curve. You add into that HDR, FreeSync Premium, 450 nits max brightness, and it is a supreme monitor for you to check out. An affordable ultra wide that is also high speed. We use this when we did our Lightning Land video over on UFD Tech, which you can check out in that video right up there. And it worked great even being in broad daylight. We were still able to see Rocket League as we were tailgating out in front of the Steelers Stadium. So the PXC348C is an incredible monitor because of specs. It's incredible because Pixio has priced it super affordably. And, and you want faster video games, it's got an RGB ring on the back of it just to help give you that little extra splash of goodness. So check out the Pixio PXC348C at the link in the video description. Big thanks to Pixio for sponsoring today's video as well as the Lightning Land video that we did over on UFD Tech. But while Pixio is trying to save you money with their monitor, I don't know if crypto stonks is any cheaper. Let's get into that. Bitcoin up a little bit right now to be just north of $20,000. It spent most of the day below 20K, but it's increased since. Ethereum is up 3.86%, climbing on the day to be at 15.40, and Dogecoin is down slightly to be at 6.3 cents. And I was a little down when I found out yesterday that Reese didn't do UFD deals. Don't you know? It's your job, buddy. Did you get shedded? What's the load shedded, baby? Everyone, welcome back to UFD Deals. We're bringing the hottest tech deals out on the internet. I'm super tired this morning. I was up late watching the AMD live stream. I hope you guys were there too. And in case you guys are looking to pick up one of the new CPUs, this might help because we have the Cooler Master Master Liquid ML240L. Cooler Master's signature AIO liquid cooler, which is currently going for only $71.99, which is $28 off. And then secondly, we have the MSI Optics G32 CQ4, a 32-inch 144Hz screen with a 1500R curvature and 165Hz refresh rate. It's currently going for only $259.99, which is $100 off the usual price. You can find all these deals and more linked in the video description, and you can find more Brett Ram links as we go back to him. Thank you, Reese. I don't even know if you're there anymore. Are you a ghost, an apparition, something that comes to haunt me in my sweet, sweet, beautiful dreams while I reminisce about the wonderful days where we used to hold hands, huh, Reese? You tell me tomorrow, and I'm going to tell you today about something that has to happen later, and that is the Artemis 1 launch that NASA was planning on doing yesterday. This is the start of returning back to the moon for the United States, and this was the first rocket launch mission in terms of 
doing that. Good words, Brett. You're great at this stuff. But NASA ended up scrubbing the launch of the Artemis 1 because of cooling issues 40 minutes before launch. NASA has repeatedly said that it could be scrubbed for any number of reasons, especially as they're testing out some new stuff for this. There is no anticipated date that it's going to launch again, but it could be before September 6th as long as they use the current launch window. But if they go past that, then it has to be September 19th through October 4th because they have to do it on launch windows for moon stuff because that's where they're trying to get. And Netflix... I don't know where they're trying to get. I don't understand Netflix's plan, but now you can have gamer tags on Netflix where you can display your game handle instead of your copy bar name, which is Emma. Why is this a thing? It'll display your name while you're playing the Netflix video games, which are on your Netflix app on your phone. And then you don't have to be you, you could be somebody else. But why might, why are you, what multiplayer games are you planning on implementing that this is necessary? I. I truly just don't get it. But PlayStation seems to be getting the fact that they need to be moving into mobile games with their announcement of the PlayStation Studios mobile division, which is going to be taking place inside of PlayStation Studios, primarily focusing on mobile gaming. And they've acquired Savage Game Studios, which hasn't put out anything as far as I'm aware, but the people who founded it have put out big games like Clash of Clans and Angry Birds. And so it looks like Sony is leaning on them to help develop the new wave of where they want to take mobile gaming. The CEO of Savage Game Studios said that Sony respects their vision for how they can best operate and succeed and we'll let them tap into PlayStation's amazing catalog of IP. I would just really like like official first party emulations of Sony's biggest games, you know, just bring those to mobile like Crash Bandicoot Spyro, just put them on my phone. That'd be great. I'd love to see that. Obviously, you can come up with mobile games of other things, but you can create mobile power supplies by shrinking them down into itty bitty size. And that's what Asus is doing with the launch of their new PCI Express 5.0 SFXL power supply, which their other power supplies are named Thor. And now this mini one is named Loki. Good job, Asus, on the branding there. It's going to come in SFXL and go up to capacities of up to 1200 watts and be 80 plus titanium certified, which th that's... That's not going to come cheap. That's that's pretty good. It's also going to have PCI Express 5.0 to help power the next generation of GPUs. It's going to be ATX 3.0 ready, have a 10 year warranty, fully modular, all of that in case you're looking at a small power supply to throw in your next build. I, again, that's not going to be cheap, but it's it's the future. And the future for Sony for the PlayStation 5s is a lighter one. This would have made a lot of sense to put next to the PlayStation Mobile Game Studio announcement, but I'm doing it here because I messed up the order. Anyways, it's now being found out that Sony is releasing another PlayStation 5 that is yet again lighter. In case you don't remember something that happened, was it earlier this year, late last year, Sony launched a brand new PlayStation 5 that cut some weight off of the actual console and it was found out that that came out of the copper heat sink that was cooling the PlayStation. There was a little bit of uproar about how it's worse and how it's going to kill the console. It doesn't seem like that's actually panned out, but from launch to the one that has been shipping out was a 300 kilogram loss and now it's an additional 300 kilogram loss, which means that the PlayStation is down over a pound from its launch edition. However, the digital edition has only lost 200 grams instead of 300 grams like the disc edition has. So some of the speculation is that some of the weight is coming out of the optical drive. Who knows where the rest of the weight is coming out because it doesn't appear like that can account for the entire weight loss that the PlayStation 5 is undergoing. Sony also raising the price of their PlayStation 5 in parts of the world that are not the United States for whatever reason of not raising prices here. And so it looks like they're cutting costs on production, trying to raise price, potentially get their bottom line elevated a little bit, trying to fight 
inflation. But if you inflate the prices when you don't have to and you make more profit, aren't you the inflation? Isn't inflation the friends we made along the way? Well, I'm not going to stick around to find out because that's the end of this episode of Hot News. Big thanks for you, you guys watching it. I appreciate it. Come join us for meme review tomorrow live on Twitch. Would love to have you there. I'm done.